Hello and welcome back to Three Princesses in a Muggle World. My name is Jenny and I am joined as always by my two best friends and co-hosts. Hey everyone, it's Amber. And Casey, welcome back. And welcome back, Jenny. She's been missing the last couple episodes, so we're super happy to have her back. Yeah, I apologize. The night that the night that Amber and Casey recorded the last two episodes. I ate something that decided it was not happy with me, and let's just say things took a turn for the worse, so, but all of that aside, I did just get back from a trip to California where I went to Disneyland with one of my friends who's never who has never been to California Adventures, so that was really cool to see it through her eyes, as well as... I feel like we kind of want to take a moment. I know this is going to come out way after the fact, but it just happened for us this last week. We want to take a moment of silence, really, for Angela Lansbury and Robbie Coltrane, who both passed away this last week. So for those who don't know, Angela Lansbury, besides being... In a lot of other shows, including Mary Poppins Returns, was Mrs. Potts in Beauty and the Beast. And also Robbie Coltrane is our own beloved Hagrid. As well as Amber, didn't you say that he's also a Disney loss as well? Yes. I I didn't know this until I was scrolling through TikTok and saw someone's tribute for him they said that he was in brave and i was like wait what so i went and looked it up and um lord dingwall the one that is in the green garb that likes to show off the fact that he's not wearing any underpants (laughs) he is actually voiced by robbie coltrane and the really cool thing about them having been actors is even though they are no longer with us they still are. Yeah. yeah. Like how in the reunion when Robbie said, like, you'll we'll still be watching these movies 50 years from now. And he won't be here, which at the time he was still alive when he said this. But he's like, I won't be here, but Hagrid will be. And so because of the parts that they played, they will live on forever in our hearts. And we will miss you, both of you. Yeah. So, taking a turn to the funnier, I guess is kind of the word. Today we are reviewing a new movie on Disney+. And I know that Casey has a lot of thoughts, so I'm going to let her take it away. Oh, uh, so those that have been listening for a while, they know that I really like Hocus Pocus. And I've brought the Sanderson sisters into you know, quite a bit of podcast episodes. And Hocus Pocus 2, I really, really wanted to like it. I went in with hope and an open mind, and I really wanted to like it. But overall, I just really didn't. I feel kind of bad about that, because this has been long anticipated. People have been talking, you know, rumors for a long, long time. I want to say, like, at least since we were in high school, people were wanting a, a sequel to this. And it just didn't work for me. What about you guys? Did it work for you? Like, I'll get into my reasons later. But did it? How How do you feel about the sequel? So for me, I kind of 
I texted Casey after I watched it and kind of let her know some of my thoughts as well. But one of the things I said to her was, as a sequel, it had way too many plot holes for me. There was, and so it just didn't sit right as a sequel. But if you took it as like, just a movie by itself you didn't know the original hocus pocus all that like you just kind of took it as a movie by itself it wasn't that bad and not a phenomenal movie by any means but it wasn't that bad as a movie by itself but as a sequel it just it didn't work too many plot holes So something that I've also said a couple of times is I've really only seen Hocus Pocus, the first one, twice. And I feel like one of those times shouldn't really count because it was in high school. Casey was there. And it was really hard to focus because if I'm remembering correctly, a guy that I really liked was there. Not that he really talked to me, but I was more focused on him anyways. So it shouldn't really count. So really the first time, if we're not counting that time that I have seen Hocus Pocus, was last year. So I wasn't really comparing and contrasting the two because I don't remember that much of Hocus Pocus, even though, yes, I did just see it last year. I could tell you, like, the main storyline, but I couldn't even tell you the main characters' names except that the cat's name was Binks, and I pretty much only knew that. And I only know that I know that because when the black cat came on in Hocus Pocus 2 every single time, I know it wasn't Binks, but every single time that it came on, I was like, Binks! And I know that it's not Binks because he has passed on. But anyways, moving on. So I liked it. I do have several different questions and several characters that I feel like weren't really necessary, but like were at the same time. So I know as we get more into detail, I can like, talk about that but there were certain things that I thought were funny and also certain things that I was just like hmm well it's gonna be interesting how that works and I mean I I guess we should say right off the bat that this episode of our podcast is gonna be spoilers so if you haven't watched Hocus Pocus 2 stop add this to your favorites or whatever it is and then come back after you've seen Hocus Pocus 2 because this is gonna be spoilers Yes, lots, lots, lots of spoilers. I'm diving deep into it. So if you do not want anything, even like the smallest thing spoiled, pause, bookmark us, and come back after you watch it. But I do like that they kind of made it look like there could be a Hocus Pocus 3, but also at the same time, and this I'm not trying to sound mean, but the ladies who play the Sanderson sisters... I just feel like they're getting older. And I mean, if they want to keep acting, that's up to them. But at the same time, I feel like we shouldn't just keep expecting them to come back because we like these shows so much. So my whole two cents on this whole hinting at a sequel. No, I don't want a sequel. I I don't want a continuation of the story. If Mm -hmm. anything, I really liked the very beginning of Hocus Pocus 2 when it was the girl's childhood. So if Anything, I would love a, like, kind of backstory on them a little bit more and a little more of their history and how they became the Sanderson sisters. Like, because we don't know all that much. Like, we saw some of it in the sequel, but, like, prior to the sequel, we didn't know really anything about their childhood. They were just these spinster ladies who 
stole children's souls. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of torn because I did really like that mini prequel that we got. And the actresses did phenomenal. I know the one who was playing young Winifred, she got a lot of praise and like so deserved. But I think having... I think having that scene for me was detrimental to the main story they were trying to tell because I feel like we got way more, and this is kind of one of my issues with the story, we got way more of the sisters and being sympathetic to them. You know, I had no connection with the three main characters that we're supposed to be rooting for. We had... I actually looked at the times as I'm like... I was sitting like, why do I not... Why am I not connecting? And we actually only get 12 minutes of seeing the main characters on their own before the sisters show up. So we have, I, I think, about a 12-minute flashback to their origin stories you know, with the sisters and how they get the book and all this stuff. And then like 12 minutes with the really focusing on the two main characters. And then the sisters show up. Like For me, there's no development there. I, there's nothing there that connects me to them. And I went back and I watched the first one again last night because I was like, okay, there's some disconnect. Why do I like the first one so much? And even though it doesn't seem like a lot, we had 18 minutes with the main characters in that before the witches show up. Even though that six minutes doesn't sound a lot, it does. It packs a lot of the story into caring about these characters and rooting for them. And I never rooted for any of these girls, and I feel like, and this is not just an issue with this movie, this is a lot of, I guess I would say, children's movies and young adult stuff where it's very much heavy on the telling of exposition rather than the showing. You know, from the start, they were really pushing the witch narrative. Oh, you're freaky, you do the witch thing because you do witch things every Halloween, and that's literally how it's presented. You know, it's our ritual. We do it every year. We watch horror movies and go to a secret part of the... It's very much tell. And I'm like, I don't like that because that goes against, you know, everything we've been taught when it comes to writing and storytelling. You're supposed to show, not tell. And they just really relied on that telling aspect that it's just... You can't even count it as foreshadowing at this point because it's literally like, huh, you're a witch. You do witchy things every year. You're mumbling witch juju to me. And it's like, and then she's a witch. And it's like, okay, well, wow, I saw that coming, you know, an hour and 15 minutes ago. It's just not that exciting twist that I think it should have been. Yeah, I definitely feel like there was a lot of disconnect between us and the main characters. For me, it felt more like with the how we're doing all these villain backstory movies that you do connect with the villain, even though that villain does horrible, horrible things at the end of the day, you end up connecting with them and kind of finding yourself having a little empathy towards them because you're like, okay, this is why they are the way they are. And so I felt like we were trying to do that in this movie. And by doing that, we did create that disconnect with the heroes and we didn't really care if the heroes won. And so I feel like, I don't know if that's what they were going for was trying to do more of a, Hey, let's get some empathy for the Sanderson sisters or what they were trying. If, 
or if they were just trying to create a movie and that with heroes and epically failed. Like it really seemed they were going for a happy ending for everybody in some form. But it's like, I was not rooting for these supposed heroes at all. I really wanted at the very end, once Winnie lost her sisters, to just like go down hell hath no fury path. Just like, okay, you know what? I have literally nothing to live for now. So now everybody, not just Salem, the entire world is going to feel my wrath. Like, that's what I was rooting for because I just, the three girls were so unlikable to me. You know, it was, they were really whiny a lot. And I hated the petty girl drama. I really did. Like, I know they're in high school and they're high school girls, but it's just seriously petty high school drama, which even though in the first one, yes, they were high schoolers, they, it wasn't petty high school drama, you know? It was, they had just moved and adjusting from how everything is so different and being the outsider in this close-knit community. You know, that's not specific to high school. That's not high school drama. That's anyone feels that. Everyone feels that when they go to a new place and it just I can relate to that I can connect to that but just uh, yeah uh, yeah so I obviously didn't think like as deeply into this as Casey did but since you've been talking Casey it kind of makes sense to me because I remember there at the end after like um Winnie's two sisters Mary and what Sarah Sarah I don't know why I always forget her name. I have a sister-in-law. But, like, it's literally her name. It's Sarah Jessica Parker playing Sarah. Anyways, when she lost her sisters, Mary and Sarah, and you just start really feeling for her, a part of my brain was like, we shouldn't really be feeling for her because she's the bad guy and she literally just wanted to take over all of Salem. But you feel for her, you do, because... Even if you haven't lost a member of your family, you most people know what it feels like to lose a friend, not necessarily to death, but whether it was a big argument or you move away or, or whatever it is, most people know what it feels like to lose a friend. And so, like, we all feel for that. Whereas, I mean, I like the main hero characters, but you guys are right. It's not like we got to know them that well. I guess what I really liked about them was and I know that this probably shouldn't have been a shock but not only was the main girl a witch but that also made her two best friends a witch and quite honestly I think it would be cool if instead of doing a hocus pocus three they kind of more focused on them since they now have magical powers and we didn't really come to a conclusion on that it was just like hmm we have magical powers cool and like moved on and so I think it would be kind of cool to follow them and see kind of what path they take with their powers or do they just never use their powers again I yeah. don't know. And, and that's a plot hole for me because they are not all three witches the main girl whose name I can't even remember that's how little impact she had and I just watched it today she has powers that she shared amongst them so like that confuses me because does that mean she can literally share her powers with anyone at any given time? And does that is that how the Sanderson sisters are? Because, you know, Winnie is kind of the head honcho. Is she the magical one and her sisters are just siphoning off the powers, which it kind of seemed like they were trying to get at, but also didn't fully 
comes full circle with that. So, like, I, I was very confused on that. Yeah, so I, from what I gathered of it, I think they were trying to hint at the fact that the other sisters didn't have any magic. It was literally just Winnie, but that makes zero sense to me. And I just, I don't know, it was very confusing to me. And that was one of my biggest issues was that right there. Mm-hmm. I do want to, before we get into all the plot holes, give a little shout out to my favorite characters besides, obviously, the Sanderson sisters. Wow, words are hard. And that is the magician. I thought he was hilarious. And, you know. Gilbert? Yeah, Gilbert. He was oh, awesome. You're going to hate me in a minute. <laughs> and also, also Billy Butcherson coming back. And I don't know why I like good comedic relief. And I know that a lot of the movie w- was comedic relief anyways, because it was kind of a comedy, but I liked them. Also, I liked Mary's Roombas. Those were hilarious. Okay. That was I, a good one. I like the Roombas because that to me tracks because she had a full on vacuum before. So now she has mini ones. I'm fine with that. That was funny. That was good. So. I'm going to jump on and say, yeah, this movie was supposed to be a comedy. And I think that's my biggest issue because the original, while it had comedic moments, was not a comedy. I don't know why they decided to take it the comedy route so much. It felt forced in a lot of places. Oh, and I do have to say that the one character that I just feel like they kind of just left hanging was What's-Her-Face's boyfriend, Mike. Why does he exist? He's, He's like, he's his own bullet point on my list why does he exist why does he adds nothing but doofy boyfriend like for a minute there when he showed back up at her place and saw the sanderson sisters and everything i was like you know and the sanderson just he led them there and whatever i was just like oh cool he's gonna become a part of this too no he just left i'm like okay he has absolutely no purpose except for being the village idiot that leads them to that leads the sisters to the girls like, is that his only purpose? Because he provides nothing. He does not add to the story. He does not add to character development. He just exists as the stupid moronic boyfriend. And I don't know why. Amber, any thoughts? Yeah, I agree with everything you guys basically said. I don't think that he served much of a purpose and was just kind of there and annoying. But really, all he did was he was the driving wedge in this girl drama. That's it. Which I've said it before in my life. I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast. But if you're going to start dating someone and it makes it so that you can't hang out with your friends anymore, why are you dating them? Yeah. Okay. You're still going to need friends even if you get married and stuff like that. You're still going to need girlfriends. Yes. But so my biggest issue with him as a person was he didn't even realize he was doing that. He he didn't realize he was being a bully. That is how stupid that guy is. Is he? And I don't understand how somebody can be that stupid. So when you say it like that, he didn't realize he was a bully. Like, that's valid. A lot of people say things they don't realize that it's affecting people the way it does, which is valid. That happens, especially with teenagers. You know, I see it every single day. However, the things that he says, that is being taken as bullying like how can you not know how can you not know calling someone a weird witch is hurtful like that he doesn't feel like an actual person and i think a lot of these characters don't feel like real people and that's the disconnect for me in a lot of these 
areas because he is not just, you know, the goofy, ditzy character. He takes the ditzy character and times it by, like, ten. Like, he is not in a normal realm of people you would meet in real life. You know, he is so far past the normal just, like, yeah, they're, they're not working with every crayon in the box here, you know? It's way too far. It's more of an animated character caricature of what a what the dumb jock person is. It's so yeah. out of left field, and yeah, it's ridiculous that he doesn't know calling someone a witch and calling them weird is too far. That yeah, and that I agree. Like there are sometimes where people have said to me, "Oh, what you said hurt," and I'm like, "Oh, I didn't realize that would," type thing, and. So I do understand that there are some times where, you know, sometimes you say things with no ill intention and it gets taken the wrong way. But what he was saying, it is so blatantly obvious that what he was saying was wrong. Mm -hmm. Yet he didn't realize it. And I'm just like, I, I cannot wrap my head around that. Like that, that almost makes him too dumb for my liking. Like, like, that's exactly it. He is way too dumb to be a real character, a real person. Way too dumb. It, he's only there for laughs. And he's not even funny because the joke is taken way too far. It's not even funny to watch him. No. It's painful. Yeah. It kind of just makes you think that if he thinks, you know, they're weird witches, why did he start dating one of them? Yeah. Oh, because he said himself, oh, it's not a bad thing. I wasn't picking on you. That's just an observation I had. You know, it's a, it's a Tuesday. You're a weird witch. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't like him at all. And jumping back to Gilbert. Mm. <laughs> I kind of talked about this a little bit the other night as well. I did not find him very funny. I did find the one thing I did find funny, and maybe that's because I am a mom. And the, my child has asked me some very awkward questions i did find the scene where he was asked uh what a virgin was by that little boy i did find that scene pretty funny and uh, but i think that's the mother and me coming out because like i said my child asked me some of the weirdest questions yeah they really like to uh tack on to the least desirable answerable questions but oh yeah he's better than me i would have been like i don't know ask your mom if you're not going to answer then i'm going to tell him <laughs> yeah but, oh, okay so yeah i do not like the character of gilbert and after a second watch through i have even more questions and there's for me a lot of plot holes so let's start from the beginning so gilbert is the reason the sisters are back for this sequel because Back in 1993 on Halloween, he sees them flying and he follows them to the cemetery and watches them explode. Why did that create a lifelong obsession with bringing them back? You know absolutely nothing of the situation except you see three kids being attacked by three witches floating in the air and they explode, go bye-bye, and you're like, yep, I'm gonna bring them back. What? I did find that little weird. Also, I would like to point out that when he was like, yeah, 29 years ago in 1993, it, it hit me really hard. I'm like, I know how old I am, but still, okay. why you got to say it like that? So that's another thing. 
let's talk about the timeline. So he says that night he goes to the house to see if they're there and he finds Book. And Book tells him, shows him how to make another black flame candle to bring them back. Okay, so two things on that. First of all, does anyone remember what the black flame candle is made out of? If you haven't watched it recently, you don't remember, but do you want to remember? Okay. Isn't it uh, human skin? Close. It is made from the fat of a hanged man. How did Gilbert make this candle? How did Gilbert make this candle? Who did he hang? Yeah. See, that's, that's where it's like, dad gets dark. And they just brush over that. And second now, and maybe this is, maybe that plays in the why, but if he knew that night, 29 years ago, how to make this candle, why did it take 29 years for them to come back? Well, and this is my biggest issue. He's supposedly a young boy. Yet when, because the girls asked him basically that same question, why didn't you light the candle? And he's like, because I'm not a virgin. But he was like 15 29 years ago. I don't even think he was that old. I was thinking he's like eight or nine years old. Because he, that, that was a little boy. Yeah. You know, 15-year-olds aren't going out trick-or-treating dressed in a purple magician's robe. He was young. That's true. That is true. Like, and so I, I have so many questions. Maybe, and maybe this is a plot hole that they should have expanded on. Maybe the black flame candle takes a little bit longer to cure or whatever than a normal candle would and so by the time he made the candle he was old enough that it made sense he was no longer a virgin i don't know that like i said that's a major plot hole right there yeah and i kind of feel like they just had that in for a little joke an inappropriate joke for adults because like it just doesn't track it took 29 years for him to plan this all out. And I'm sorry, if he's as obsessive as he comes off of, again, this is a 29-year plan, wouldn't he, like, not do things that are going to mess it up where he could just light it himself? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It it doesn't make sense. And then, again, we come to present day. You know, like I said, to me, he looks between 8 and 10. Somewhere around there. I don't think it ever confirms how old he is. But regardless, he is now in his late 30s, early 40s. He is way too old for this. And the fact that they just let him off the hook at the end and, oh, we'll be, we'll be there tomorrow in the shop. And he's like, cool, discounts. Why is he forgiven? What remorse, what redemption did he have? Because up until the very end, he was saving his own skin. He still gathered every single element they needed for that spell he didn't try to stop them he didn't try to do anything he was there until it was too late and then he comes bustling in like you are pushing 40 if not already you lured teenagers into bringing back these deadly killer witches which you know because you tell the story every single year you know what they have done and you just get forgiven no yeah I don't know. I, I just like he was one of those characters that, like, I forgave him. Don't ask me why, but I was just like, he was a nice, I don't know. I just liked him as a person. Not necessarily I, in, like, the storyline, but I liked him as a person. I thought he was kind of funny. 
But I think that's the problem. Why are you making him so likable and funny when he does, he did a horrible thing? He he the first time we are introduced, he is talking about the murder of Emily Binks that they committed. And you want to bring that back? You're talking about the murder of a young girl and you're like, "Yep, the world needs more of that." They're misunderstood. Yeah. And one of my other issues with him is not only that, but he seems to act surprised when they come back and they're evil and they're mean and they pick on the two girls and throw them in that little basement dungeon. He seems surprised that that's how that goes down. Like he wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, how did you not expect that to be what happens when you know the original story? If he knows about the black flame candle, then he knows its purpose. They are only there for one night. And unless they can drain the lives of children, they are gone at sunrise. Like, that is the full story. So he brought yeah. them back knowing they would have to drain the life of at least one child to stay. Yeah. I guess in that way, it doesn't really make sense that he's like, they're just misunderstood. Although I did find that as a funny statement because it's like, eh, they're really not misunderstood. Like, yeah, I, I get the line, but in the context of the movie, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I like, did like how the girls took the Sanderson sisters to Walgreens. That was probably like my favorite scene. <laughs> That was good, uh, but it was. But that was like my the only one that was really that funny to me. Yeah, but it was focused on them. It wasn't focused on the girls. It was focused on the Sanderson sisters and how yeah. they are thrown into modern times and they're interacting with their, you know, pre-modern time knowledge. So it's like that's why it's funny. Yeah, and I totally agree that that's why it's funny. But that's that's like my favorite scene. I think is that one but i it's literally because of the sanderson sisters that that seems any good yeah that scene makes me cringe and not because it was acted out badly or anything like that but because uh gross like i (laughs) am i am the girl who when i was young i couldn't stand lotion because it just made me feel really weird. Like the sliminess and everything just made me feel really weird. I'm actually trying really hard not to gag right now. And so like watching that scene, I was just like, Oh, I like, I couldn't even watch it because I was just like, Oh, Oh, like, yeah, it was funny because like, they didn't understand what was going on and even how they were like, Oh, it tastes good and stuff. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to gag. Oh, I was gagging. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I was sitting there going, Oh my gosh, they're actually, uh, oh, I, I, I did but like that, that because, funny. yeah, I did like that for the same reasons, because it was comedic, and it was an appropriate comedic, I think, comedy moment, and yeah, I was definitely having visual reaction, because I am very into skincare, you know, I put lotions and stuff on, and I've accidentally got some on my lips, in my mouth and stuff, it just happens, especially when it's late at night. You're like, I want to go to bed, but I got to do this real quick. So it's like, oh, and they're doing that with straight faces and they're enjoying it. And I'm just remembering like the tangy, burning sensation on my tongue when that happens. I'm like, oh, but it was good. Yeah. And like, retinol, little retinol. That's a funny name for a child. 
Yeah, that was probably the best, like, scene comedy-wise, I think. I yeah. do have to say that the only thing that I really cared about in this movie was any, not flashbacks, but, like, throwbacks to the first movie. Because I knew, obviously, the main characters weren't going to come back because I had seen it on Facebook or whatever. But I like that the sisters don't trust teenagers anymore because of Max. So I thought that that was kind of funny. And just pretty much any time that they did bring up the past movie, I was just like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yes, but there's one moment in particular that's a giant no for me and is a giant plot hole. And I don't know if you guys caught this, but I actually had to... Was I originally watched this with my sister, and I had to tell her, no, stop, you need to rewind that. Did I just see that? She's like, what? So it's towards the middle, and it's when they're looking for the mayor, and they go past this house, and they look, and Winifred looks in, and on the TV is Hocus Pocus 1 playing. Yep. What? Uh-huh. And then later on, like literally within minutes, we see two characters dressed up as those characters. Someone needs to explain that to me because that makes no sense. Are, are you saying that Hocus Pocus 1 is a canon movie in Hocus Pocus 2? Yeah, I, that weirded me out too. I feel like the people who made the movies, the directors, the writers and everything weren't really like, think really deeply about this one scene. I think more it was like, huh, funny, like they're watching the old movie and then kind of just like a throwaway scene. It's kind of like on Netflix movies, original movies, when they show what they're watching and it's another Netflix original movie. And I'm like, well played, Netflix. Well played. Okay, but that's different. That's not Hocus Pocus 1 playing in Hocus Pocus 2. Because then that's like, that's like, that opens up like the multiverse there. <laughs> Like how that's not even like, haha, this is a cute little Easter egg. That's just you're throwing continuity out the window. And, you know, maybe they didn't think about the ramifications and stuff. Or maybe they just want to be funny. But like my whole position is as writers, as producers of this movie, you are supposed to think of that, you know? Yeah. Like that was purposeful. They had to go in. They had to find that scene. They had to edit it in. They had to get costumes for the townspeople to wear to be from that scene like that was all purposeful and it's like for what for what it's not cute it's not funny it's now throwing everything off of it of what is going on in this universe you know if it was like Um, if it was like i know you guys haven't seen scream but it's a popular horror movie where in the later sequels they make movies based on the previous ones so if that was the case where they made, based on the events that happened, although I don't know who other than the children would know that, if they made a movie based on that, okay, that'd be different. But this is just cut and paste from the original. And that doesn't work for me. That, that doesn't, that doesn't, no, that's not okay <laughs> with me. Yeah. And I, I agree. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. And then one of the other, like, not necessarily potholes, but this is a theory going around on like tiktok and facebook that i saw that i'm just like no so the little girl from hocus pocus one whose name is not coming to me right now thora birch what thora birch is that it yeah that's her name thora birch 
I'm going to have to concede to her on this one. Yeah, she played Danny, the little girl, Thora Birch. Oh. Oh. Danny is Thank who you. I'm thinking of. So Danny from the original Hocus Pocus wore an outfit that is similar to the witch in the throwback to um, the Sanderson sisters' childhood. And so a bunch of people are like, whoa, is it the same witch? Did she, like, find a way to make herself young and reincarnate? No! Like, I don't even think that that was what the producers were trying to do. Like, and just the fact that people are running with that just makes me roll my eyes. I did see a TikTok about that today, but I didn't quite completely understand it. And now that you've just explained it, I'm like, that's dumb. You know what else is dumb? This is a great segue. The mayor. I cannot stand the mayor. He's another one like the boyfriend. Why do you exist? Like, his whole personality was that stupid caramel apple. See, when they first, like, when they first, like, show us the mayor, for some reason, I didn't compute that he was the mayor. And I was like, okay, wouldn't it be great? And like I said, I already know that they weren't going to bring anybody from the first movie back or anything like that. But I'm like, wouldn't it be great if Max was the mayor? I just feel like that would be awesome. Just, like, not even to, like, focus on it or anything, but kind of, like, almost like a throwaway, like, hey, this is Max the mayor and then like move on you know what that's actually a great idea and i would have loved if they actually brought him in because i was thinking about it you know we have no connection to these characters why do i care i think they did a huge misstep not bringing anyone from the original in and i get they didn't want to you know probably pay salaries and stuff for everyone to come back but you know say max was the mayor and they run into him and they're like freaking out and he knows instantly what's going on and he comes and helps i think i would have cared a lot more about that ending Oh, yeah. Because you know, I liked Max. I was rooting for Max and Danny and I can't remember the other girl's name because she wasn't very memorable. But still, I was rooting for them. So having one element from the original come back in to finish the job, I think would have benefited a lot. You know, I was also thinking, like, if what if one of the girls was a daughter of one of the original characters and like they grew up with this and they think oh well this is so ridiculous let's just play around and do it i would have cared more instead of just this random girl who's been called a witch her entire life because she does weird witchy things and guess what she a witch that i don't like that i think if they had at least one element that connected this movie to the original characters it would have worked better for me okay so hear me out max marries that girl from the first movie, whose name we can't remember right now. And I know that that's probably very impossible because Heights, school sweethearts and whatever. But Mar- Max marries that girl. They have a kid, but they never tell their kid about what happened that night on Halloween. Suddenly, she's in the middle of this and she's like, I don't know what's going on. And she goes to her parents because she trusts her parents or she doesn't go to her parents because maybe she doesn't trust her parents. But somehow her parents are pulled into this and they're like, well, why didn't you tell us? We know the Sanderson sisters. We know how to get rid of them. See, that would have been better. You know, people like those connections. That's the reason. Again, I know you guys don't watch these movies, but the Halloween series. And Laurie Strode has gone on for so long because people don't watch, you know, just because it's another movie, at least I don't. You watch for the characters and those two characters have been in since the beginning and you like them because you're familiar with them. There's something to root for. There's a deep past and deep history. 
I have no deep history with these three main characters, whereas I do with the originals. I agree. <sighs> okay, I got one more big complaint speaking on the, t- the original stuff. So you mentioned Billy. Yep. I don't like that they retconned his history. You know, in the original, he was Winifred's lover that he betrayed, and that's why he died. And like, okay, that was solid. Why did they have to mess with that? Why did they have to make Winifred this crazy, obsessive girl who clung on to someone who never actually had a relationship with her? Why, why did they do that? That felt really cheap to me and cheap to the character of Winifred. Am I the only one that didn't like that? I didn't think of it as throwing, I can't even think of the word right now, at Winifred. I thought of it more as like that definitely happens in life where it's your first love or whatever and you make it out to be a whole lot more than it was. So that's kind of what I thought thought more of. And I I mean, you've seen Hocus Pocus one since I have, but I feel like it was like in the first one that Billy was still like, there was really nothing between me and Winifred. And then he kind of just gets a chance to explain himself more in this one. Mm. But I could be totally wrong on that. I do want to hit on the fact that I did love that he's been still awake and alive for the last 29 (laughs) years. Just chilling in the graveyard. He's like, yeah, I've been here. Yeah, I I just watched it last night. And I'm pretty sure it's just because Binks explains that background story. You know, this was her lover and he betrayed her and I thought that was a good backstory because that to me kind of explained a little bit of why maybe Winifred turned into what she did because she was betrayed by not just her lover but her sister as well and to have that completely retconned it's like okay but then why why did she turn this way but we don't actually get to see a lot of talking from Billy because for the most of the, his scenes in the first one, his lips are sewn shut. And it's not until the very end where he does, he gets them undone, but the first words he's is like, he calls her a hag and everything, but never is it said that, I don't know you, it was just a kiss, blah, 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 blah. You know, that was the story. Lover cheated with sister. And I was cool with that backstory. That made sense why she would be so rigid. Amber, what are your thoughts? So I... I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it. I kind of liked it, but I also kind of didn't like it. And that, because I did kind of get the feeling from Billy that in the first one that he never really liked Winifred. Like, he, and so for me, this kind of gave, solidified that and made it, made that feeling make sense because, but the like, they the- made it. I mean, you're, yeah, you're, like he was her lover. And even at the end of the day, a cheating on your sister, on your lover with your sister, there still is going to be a connection between you guys. Like, not a great connection because you screwed it up and everything. But I just never got the vibe that he ever really loved her. But it's also kind of hard to that connection because she killed him and sewn his mouth shut so I would have a lot of anger too there would be like no love lost there if someone did that to me even if I love them so plus it is important to remember the time frame this is the 1600s where women are property and 
men just had women that they didn't love just because they could. Which, I mean, that's not super different than now, but women at least have a choice now, for the yeah. most part. And and we do see that in the backstory where they're trying to get Winfred to marry this other yeah. dude. She's like, no, but... And I guess for me, that's why another reason why I wouldn't mind a sequel where it's the them younger. So that mm-hmm. we could see, get that backstory and get that full story whatever it may be like and so for me at the end of the day i don't want a third hocus pocus as far as let's bring the sanderson sisters back from the dead yet again even though we made it seem like it was impossible the first time anyways we still managed to again and we're gonna do it a third time even though we totally ended it in a way that they shouldn't be able to come back either you know whatever especially when they say so they're gone for like forever ever yeah, forever. Mm-hmm. But you, you can't do that. You can't say that and then pull the rug out last minute and go, psych. Yeah. That's and so, you know, I don't want to hocus pocus three where we bring them back from the dead. But I wouldn't mind a hocus pocus sequel that, you know, was the Sanderson sisters story. Yeah. Prequel. Continuing prequel. from that. Yeah. Continuing from that little preview we got at the beginning of this movie. And doing that. I wouldn't mind that at all. And even so. like past that. Because from when they get the book. To all the events up to. Hocus Pocus 1. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much time is in between that. But it could be quite a bit. And a quite a lot of living. And oh, yeah. previous deeds. So like I would, I would be yeah, down. That's what that. I'm saying. I want that. I want from the little preview we got in Hocus Pocus 2. I want that until basically Hocus Pocus. I want to know what happened between that and Hocus Pocus. So, my thoughts, I like I like that idea a lot. I also wanted to say that even though I know this is totally how it was way back when, the fact that she, when Winifred first comes in as her teenage self and she's like, the reverend says I'm old. I'm like, how old are you? And then you find out she's 16. I'm like, honey, that's not old. And I, I get that it was back then and everything like that. But also to go along with your guys' point, Sarah calls the witch that they met and gave the, who gave them the book their mother. So I just feel like, does she come back in their lives at some point and like helps them learn magic and stuff? Because Sarah's like, you know, mother said that we couldn't do that spell. And things like that. And I was just like, well, if you've only met her once, why are you calling her your mother? That was actually something I thought about because in the first one, they re- referenced mother a lot. You know, for mother, we'll do a calming circle for mother. And now it's like, well, did they mean mother mother or witch mother who set them on this path? Which we know she's around because the end of the movie, she's that crow again following the new quote-unquote coven. So it's like, how much did she have in playing in the development of the Sanderson sisters? Or did she really just give them the book and peace out? Yeah. (laughs) But speaking of book, let's talk about book for a minute. Because I feel like it's another plot hole. And okay, so back in the first movie, they say this is the devil's book, that it was given to Winifred by the devil himself, which I'm okay with. Because that, to me, sounds more just like urban legend. So the fact that it was just another witch, I'm cool with that. But this is an evil book. It's made from human skin. It's got an eyeball from who knows who in it. 
This is yeah. a dark book with dark spells, dark potions, dark, dark. It's dark. So what does that mean now that the new coven, these young <laughs> girls, have it? Is book all of a sudden good and is going to purge itself of all its dark, evil magic and suddenly be good magic in there? How does that work? I don't really think and, about that. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't really know either. And so part of me, again, I don't necessarily even want a sequel involving those girls. But I do feel like, if anything, if we do another sequel that is not more of a prequel type thing, I do feel like it should just be following those girls. And, like, showing how Book either turns them totally and completely evil like the Sanderson sisters, or what does Book do? I want to know that story, but at the same time, there's just no relationship. I don't think I could sit through another story with petty girl drama and stupid boyfriend Mike following them around, (laughs) who lacks basic self-awareness. So this this is my thoughts, and they're kind of half-baked because they're just literally coming as we've been talking, but... They go off to college, and of course, they go their separate ways because, let's be honest, most high school friends do go their separate ways. We are very fortunate that the three of us are still friends from high school and even before high school. But they go their separate ways, and then something happens, whether it's the Sanderson sisters coming back or not, I don't care, but something happens in Salem, and they're like, we have to go back and save Salem and maybe they haven't even been using their magical powers since that night and haven't even like looked at book like he's up in an attic somewhere because, you know, safer up there. And suddenly they have to learn more about their magic to save Salem. Or since I already do not root for them, they are not heroes to me. They grow up to college. They grow in the, they're in the same dorm together. They're experimenting, learning more about magic and they become the bad guys. And who is a college professor at this university of their choice? How about one of the Denison kids? And they are starting to realize all the sign. They're like, hey, I know that withered old looking book. And now, bam, they got to come in and save the day again from the evil, the new evil coven. There it is. <laughs> Print, wrap, we good. <laughs> Except I want the Denison kid to be Danny. And then like she has to turn to like Max. I feel like, yeah, Danny makes more sense being part of it just because she was so involved in it before, where Max was more like he was involved because Danny's involved and I got to protect little sister. I feel like this makes more sense for her to be. So she'll be the professor who has to step in like, I, I know what this is, Max. <laughs> She, she's a professor of myths and legends. <laughs> yes. There it's it all, is. Okay. Let, let's start writing this script and then send it in. <laughs> no, Along they, with the uh, prequel. We keep it for ourselves. Obviously, they cannot be trusted to handle this. We'll just... Okay, listeners, if you know any of the original actors slash actresses who would be interested in... Any of our ideas that we sprouted out tonight, please let us know. <laughs> the sad thing is, I do think some of the original actors would have loved to be part of this. I think I remember reading that Thora Birch was willing to come back, but they didn't ask her. I don't think the actor who played Max continued acting very much, but 
I'm sure he would have been okay because that's actually been happening quite a bit where child actors have been coming back after years of not being actors. This might be a total lie, but I feel like I read somewhere that they didn't even ask him to come back and he would have. I think I read that too. I think it was the same with Thora Birch and the other girl, but I just don't think they asked them for whatever reason. Maybe it just took all their budget for, because I mean, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Partner, Parker, and, um, oh, what's her name? Something, Najimi, I think. You know, they're pretty big names. Yeah. So I'm sure they got a very nice paycheck for this. So maybe they just didn't have it in the budget. Kathy Najimi. So maybe they just didn't want to, I don't know, fund that. But yeah, it just really sucks. Uh, they they didn't. Well, before we wrap up, is there anything else that either of you would like to say? Can we talk about the songs? Yes, we can. Which one? Well, neither of them really hit the hit the money for me. I felt like the originals they were just so good, and these were just lackluster, and they felt like they had to make them sing because the originals made them sing. But I just they weren't as special. And why do they know one way or another? Yeah. Yeah, that was my thought, probably. The original, they at least were there when the band was singing it, and they changed the wording to where it was just the chorus that remained, but Winifred improvised the wording. Well, improvised, (laughs) quote-unquote. But it's just like, these were so forced. And why did they end it with the witches are back after we just made it very clear the witches are gone? Why end it with that song? And then lead into the whole, maybe they'll come back. Stupid. Yeah. I did like the one line where as the two girls are running away, they're like, who are they performing for? Because that was like my exact thought process. I'm like, what, you come back from the dead and you just immediately start performing? I'm like, what? This is not real. And then, of course, Sarah jumps out of her and is like, you. I didn't hate it that much. I hated the commentary they had. Like, but why are we still watching? I didn't like that, but I didn't mind them coming back and me like getting the song. I was like, okay, I'm I'm okay with that, but it just went downhill after that for me. Yeah, I agree. Well, to all of our wonderful listeners out there, let us know what you think. Let us know if we have totally ruined this movie for you, or if you think that we're just totally wrong. As I have once before stated, and probably actually multiple times before stated, you are all entitled entitled to your wrong opinion. <laughs> Which, quick little blurb, I guess is the word, but while I was in California, my friend that I was with, she randomly was asking me about our podcast. And so she and I started from the very first episode that me and Amber did. <laughs> and I cringeworthy a little bit really good but cringeworthy a little bit so but yeah let us know what you think let us know if you like our ideas for the prequel slash sequel and also let us know if you guys liked us doing a movie recap we haven't really done too many of those i think this is actually our first one so if you like them let us know when more disney movies or the next Fantastic Beast movie comes out. I don't know if there's going to be another Fantastic Beast movie, but we can always do the third one yet. Yeah. I have. I mean, we could even review that one after you two have seen it. 
I haven't even seen the second one yet. <clears throat> but anyways, let us know what you think. Um, also, let us know your guys' favorite memories of both Robbie Coltrane and Angela Lansbury. And I hope you, we hope, not just I, but we hope that you guys will join us next week when we are going to be talking about James and Lily Potter. Yay! I don't know why it didn't sound that more exciting. But, <laughs> yay! And if that is all, then I shall next say, we hope that you have a magical week. Until Bye. next time. Bye!